0: Hi, my name is Jamin Hegeman, and this is the 143rd Service Design
1: Show. Hi, I'm Mark Fontaine, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. On this show, we explore what's beneath the surface of service design. What are those invisible things that make a difference between success and failure, all to help you design great services that have a positive impact on people, business, and planet. Our guest in this episode is the VP of Design and Head of Experience Strategy at Capital One. He's a longtime board member of the Service Design Network. It's nobody less than Jamin Hagerman. The reason I'm excited to have Jamin on the show is that he's been on a fascinating journey which started out as being a design practitioner at a leading consultancy to now leading a department of 700 design professionals and in this episode James shares what it took for him to fully step into the role of being a design leader we talk about the limiting beliefs he had to overcome and where he finds the sense of accomplishment these days now that he isn't involved in the on crowd design work anymore if you stick around till the end of the conversation you'll have a unique insight in what it's like to lead such a massive team of designers and which lessons you can draw from this for your own day-to-day practice. I'm really excited to share that this episode is again brought to you in partnership with servicedesignjobs.com. servicedesignjobs.com is really the only place online where you'll find the latest service design positions from companies across the world. And what's unique about servicedesignjobs.com is that each job listing is hand-picked, so you'll find true service design positions and won't have to browse through all those UX roles that are just represented as service design. Maybe you're listening to this and aren't looking for a service design job, but are looking for ways to expand your service design team. Well then service design jobs is really the most effective way to get in front of the best talent in this community. So if you have a service design job opening and want to share it on the platform, head over to service design jobs slash podcast and submit your position over there that's servicedesignjobs.com slash podcast well that about wraps it up for the introduction now it's time to sit back relax and enjoy the conversation with Jamin Hageman let the show begin welcome back to the show Jamin
0: hey Mark how you doing
1: I'm doing well um It's been a while since you've been on the show. Not many people have had the opportunity to do a sequel. uh, So uh, yeah, (laughs) woohoo, good for you. Um, While we were preparing, uh, I said, I made a mistake. I said it was three years ago that you were on the show, but it's actually five. You were episode 19 and now we're at 143. Um, A lot has happened. Uh, Good to have you. Good to have you back.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations on uh, that many shows.
1: Uh, it's uh, it's amazing what can happen if you just uh, put in uh, the work every two weeks like it's being consist- consistency. Um, Jamin, uh, some things have changed about the format since you last appeared uh, and uh, we've got something, a new element. Well, new, it's been going on for quite a few episodes, but it's new to you. It's called our 60-second question rapid-fire round. But I almost forgot before we dive into that... Uh, for the people who didn't watch episode 19 and have no clue who Jamin is, uh, could you start off with a brief intro? What do you do these days?
0: Sure. Uh, hi again, Jamin Hegeman. I am
1: the vice president
0: of experience strategy at Capital One, which is a, a bank based in the US. We also have offices in Canada and the UK. Um, I'm also on the leadership team for the service design network where I've been helping to lead that conference for the last 14 years, which is also a crazy thing. uh, Getting to Europe, you just keep putting in the time, it it adds up, but uh, going back to Capital One, just a little bit more context. uh, Our organization is uh, 700 designers, and my responsibility is to um, help define how we do design at Capital One. Uh, and in advance our maturity, as well as work on strategic initiatives that span the uh, the different lines of business.
1: A lot of uh, you're a, you're in an interesting position, and I'm going to pick your brain uh, uh, in this episode. So. Uh, but I uh, the sixty second question rapid fire. We need to do it. It's uh, it's become a tradition on the show. Um, I'm going to ask you five questions. Just answer them as quickly as possible. The first thing uh, that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. What's always in your fridge? Oat milk. Which book or books are you reading at this moment, if any? Uh,
0: design justice.
1: Mm. What was your first job?
0: working at McDonald's in England.
1: Interesting. Uh, What did you want to become when you were a
0: kid? Uh, I mostly thought I was going to be in the military. Mm. Did you eventually? I did join the military and then
1: uh,
0: quit. It's a long story.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll keep it at that. And now the question that did remain the same uh, since episode 19, the first time you got in touch with service design, do you recall that moment?
0: Yeah, I was in uh, grad school at Carnegie Mellon, and it was the first week of my uh, classes. And the second week of class, we were hosting the first international service design conference that I attended.
1: Hmm. Yeah, there was a, I think that must have been 2009. Six. Six? Okay. Even uh, before the Amsterdam conference. Awesome. Thank you for uh, shedding uh, a light on uh, a little bit uh, more who Jamin is. Um, so we are going to talk about an interesting topic, uh, which is uh, the transformation or transition from being a design practitioner to being a leader of designers or a design leader, a topic that has been on the show um Quite a lot recently. Um, it's definitely becoming more and more uh, an interest of the community. And also uh, people are getting into the positions where they can actually share stuff. You're one of these people who is definitely in that position. Um, maybe we could start out by um, rewinding back from the position where you're in right now and going back to how did you end up in this position? Because I think that is quite important.
0: Yeah. Uh- yeah, I, I'll give you, we'll start with the, the shorter version, and then you can you can decide whether you want to dig in more. But uh, for those that, that don't know, I was part of Adaptive Path, in, which you may or may not know about, but that was a design agency based in San Francisco uh, that was started in 2001 and focused on developing user experience, um, first with websites, then with mobile and and expanding to digital. And then we uh, started to advance the practice of service design. We had a conference and we had trainings. That company was acquired by Capital One, where I now work, in 2014. And uh, so the design leadership and consulting and, and things I was doing at Adapted Path at first transitioned directly into Capital One. And I started doing that just internally for different parts of the business. Uh, I then decided to take a step deeper into design leadership and moved to Dallas, Texas, where I started to lead uh, a team focused on our financial services, which consisted of home loans and auto loans. Um, And I built that team to about 55 people uh, before uh, taking this role where I am now, which again is is a horizontal role. So I moved to New York and uh, focusing now on the, the whole organization. So I went from a consulting design leader to a leader of a business team and, and kind of learned what all that was about. And now I'm supporting uh, all of our teams across all of our lines of business.
1: Hmm. I'm curious if you, um, in hindsight, can recognize some stages in this journey defining moments, defining stages. Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely in the beginning, I was, I was more
0: of a design consultant trying to figure out how to be a design leader of a business team. And it was easy for me to do all the same things that I was doing uh, previously. And I think what I, my, that next phase, which, which kind of went along with with the job change but didn't happen immediately i think that it took me it took me a while to realize that the things i was doing before weren't the things that were going to work um i mean some of them did but there were a bunch bunch of other aspects the job that i wasn't uh as experienced in and had to figure out just dealing with um the all the the business as usual aspects of the of the role and and how you get things done in a in an organization, um, as well as like, how do you lead a team that you you don't interact with all the time and provide that leadership? I think um, that was a that was a growing and learning period for me, you know. And, um, and then I took those lessons to to where I am now, um, and and tried to apply them in building this this new team that um, I have for the last uh, one and a half years been been building. So I, I I think of it really in terms of that progression through through the jobs, but at it, it each one, you know, the type of design leader was different, and um, and I've been just continuing to try to learn from it, and still feel like that that is my my continued growth uh, opportunity.
1: <clears throat> There's a lot in each uh, stage. Um but one overall question that i have uh which uh which i found intriguing when i was preparing for our chat was how would you define success nowadays what does success look like and how does it maybe compare to your previous roles
0: i mean at the heart it it's not it's some of the things are very much the same. I mean, when, when as an adaptive path, you know, we wanted the projects to be successful. We wanted to, and that would help us grow business. And then we wanted our team to be successful and was able to, you know, work very closely and directly with, with people to, um, help make that happen. Uh, and, but as as things have scaled, like that's where it's become different. And, um, and now I I probably spend more time on just making sure that my team is set up for success than I mean I spend a ton more time there than I do on like um, in the in the weeds working on particular business uh, challenges my my role is to really create the conditions for that to happen as much as possible and um, and so my success is 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 very much linked to my team success. And that, that was actually something that uh, took a little time for me to tr- translate. Cause you know, previously I could be like, Oh, I did a thing. I presented to the clients, you know um, I was leading and now it's, well, my teams did these things. I need to celebrate them. Uh, and I need to acknowledge that they were, you know, that I'm associated with that as well, which I think was, was difficult for me to say that, well, I mean, I'm leading the team. So this is, this is my work too. Even if, um, other people
1: are the ones that are, are really, you know, doing the things that I was doing before. And that sounds, that, that seems to me that, that, that can be quite challenging. Like how do you, um, at the end of the day or at the end of the week, uh, you look back on what has happened, um, that sense of accomplishment, uh, how do you where does it come from
0: I mean it does come from uh, it's it's a combination of you know what I've done but I also again I think celebrating what my team has done and it's interesting i um, I just celebrated another anniversary uh, anniversary four years ago I started writing a weekly email at the end of every week to my team uh, to uh, in, increase my communication, increase their visibility to what I was, was thinking about. And I just call it like, this is the week in review. And I start off every week in the review with, Hey team, here's what's going on and top of mind. And, uh, and I would just, you know, talk about things that either I was engaged in or that I saw happening, uh, in the team and wanted to share back with them that, you know, I'm paying attention or I know about this, or they should know about something. And, um, yeah. And I've carried that through multiple teams, uh, and, uh, but just keep consistently doing that. And I, I just change shoes on the, uh, the two list. Um, and, and that I find that a very good way for me to reflect on what has happened during the week. Like what was I involved in? What did I get to see? Um, and then I, 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 um, Uh, I rely on my directors to also help me recognize what have people done, maybe that I haven't seen that I should know about. And then, you know, and that gives me an opportunity to, to dig in with them. Like, Oh, what was that? And um, Oh, great. And then, you know, I can, I can celebrate that. So it, it gives this kind of always, always on um, way for me to know like what's happening and then share that back. So people recognize that, that i'm recognizing
1: it i'm assuming you're celebrating uh the the four-year anniversary congratulations on that uh but apparently uh you it didn't this apparently came from somewhere at some point you thought well i need to yeah, this might be a good idea was that um was there a pain uh, underneath this was there a blind spot how did you where did this come from and what was the bigger symptom maybe
0: yeah, I mean, multiple things. Uh, uh, and this, this happened, this started back when I was leading that, that team uh, in Dallas and um, recognizing that, yeah, I can't be everywhere at, at all times. I was getting feedback that people didn't know always, like, where I was, what I was doing. Um, and uh, and that, so I wanted to provide some visibility to that, to the team. Uh, of like okay where am i spending my time because i can't be in all the same places that that you are and um, yeah so that was that was a big big driver of it and and um i I've, I've continued to do it because i i do get positive feedback from people um either people some you know sometimes it's people that have been you know part of the team for a while reading it and it's just like you know call something out uh but um, also when I get new people, they're just like, wow, this is like a great thing to do. So signal to me that, yeah, this is, a, this is a good thing to do. And, um, and again, I think uh, when I was part of a smaller, I mean, Adaptive Path was 30 people and Capital One is 50,000. Uh, my team in Dallas was, you know, 50 to 60 people. It's, it's a different scale. And being able to like spend quality time with everybody is, is, is really difficult. I wasn't, I didn't necessarily have that mindset when I first started and like how important that was for a leader to have that visibility and have that connection to people. And, and that has been one of the things that I've continued to try to figure out, like, what are the, what are the best ways to, you know, engage with the team with limited time uh, so that, you know, I I really know what's what's happening with them, um, but they also feel connected uh, to me. And I think that helps us all be successful.
1: It's interesting. I already see a pattern emerging. Uh, we had a recent conversation with Todd Wilkins, uh, also from Adaptive Path, and he basically described a similar situation. I think it was his time at IBM, if I'm not mistaken, where he said, people were eventually just saying, yeah, Todd isn't around. Like, where is he? Uh, he wasn't there. He wasn't visible. And it's, it's tough. Like, if you, need, if, you, if you have a team of 50 to 60 people, yeah, it's hard to be visible. And it sounds like you experienced something similar and uh, came to the conclusion that uh, it is important to be visible, even though just through an email.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will add, you know, I, I, the other thing that I've learned along the way is to, is to get help. And and don't um, because like that you know that feedback that I got or like figuring out how I can uh, be more visible or have the communication or the engagement with the team uh, you know weren't things I just magically figured out on my own and um, uh, maybe the email was like you know a specific way I chose to to address it but. Um, but that's been that was a, actually a, a huge lesson for me because I feel like I always felt you know hey I'm I'm the expert uh, I mean particularly when I was at adapt, Adaptive Path helping to drive service design practice and my involvement there like I I know everything <laughs> and and then I come into a situation where I, like I don't know everything I I don't know. Uh, I still need to to grow and and, and tap into some places that I, I you know just weren't as as required or required in a different way so that was um, that was again another thing for me it's like okay really like taking in that feedback um, and, and working on, on on yourself to to be a, a better leader uh, and understand like again what leadership means what it means to be successful and you know how that is both you, but you know, also a lot your team.
1: So I, I'm curious. Like um, you didn't. I'm assuming you didn't get trained in leadership uh, uh, at the start. Uh, so what were some of these maybe other blind spots that you uh, encountered through trial and error, and you sort of wished somebody had told you upfront? Because in these these new positions, these, these new roles. New skills are probably required. New attitudes, new mindsets. Um, what did you figure out the hard way, next to being visible? <laughs> this is
0: great. Let's just dig into all my uh, thoughts. Um, yeah. Well, I think I, I think coming along with that idea that like, hey, I'm you know I, I'm doing well and successful and. Um, when I started to encounter situations where I, I don't have the answer, I, I don't know, uh, I was not comfortable admitting
1: that. Can you give a specific example, just to uh, illustrate the story?
0: Specific answer. I mean, like there's, there's I, I, I feel like it's more of a general, general feeling I had versus mm-hmm. like, okay, here's a specific am- example mm-hmm. when I didn't do things. But like you know, even when I first when I first came into the the business, and I started being you know connected into meetings and people that um, you know I was learning and and here you know the business is running and they're they're they they need to make decisions they need to move fast and um, if I didn't know something in that in, the, in a context um, I might not raise my hand and be like hey, hey slow down can you. Can you let me know what you're talking about and uh, or what's that acronym? Because there, there's a million acronyms in any business that you need to learn. It's like a whole whole new language. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't do that right away. I, again, was um, thinking like, okay, I need to like show up. Like I know what's going on. And and I don't think that was helpful for me, you know, because I, I think, uh, and I, I've seen other uh, leaders do this very well, you know, come into situations and, and I've, I've been trying to, you know, increasingly learn this myself. It's just like, I don't, I don't understand, or I don't know what you're talking about. And I, I can't tap into my, uh, expertise to, to help if I can't do that. And, and that, that to me, um, I'm sure was, was holding me back when I first made that transition.
1: And this is this is quite interesting because as uh, a design practitioner you're probably very much used to saying, I don't know let's figure it out let's go out' do some research ask questions having uh, quite a humble and very curious mindset what changes when uh, you shift into a different role and uh, the role of leadership maybe being amongst uh non-designers like why, why yeah. did you why did you yeah. lose your curiosity? That's a great, it's, I mean, it's not that I
0: lost my curiosity, so I, that, that's that's not what I, I said. Definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely curious, um, but I think, you know, I think when I made the transition, I also had the idea of, like, hey, I wasn't really clear on what a design leader was supposed to do and, and what they were supposed to look like in that particular context, um, and I wanted to show up, like, you know, Hey, you chose the right person. You know, I'm totally good for this role, which, which, yeah, I mean, I think like put me in a, in a more, um, vulnerable position in a different way than leading a design team. Cause yeah, I mean, uh, as, as a, um, as a consultant, I mean, that was the exactly what you're saying, like, Hey, we don't know the answer. We're not going to presume anything. Let's go talk to people. Let's try to understand this. Let's do stakeholder interviews. And and it's not to say I didn't do that stuff, but I think that I think, and that's why I'm like, I'm not sure I can name an, a specific example, but I, I just, I feel like in general, uh, I probably needed to be more curious um, about how does this place work? You know, what, are, what are you, what are you talking about? And, but, you know, do it in a way that in the same way that you would do as a designer have that that curiosity of like i'm here to help solve a problem um but i think for myself personally and this is you know i don't know that this is the same for everybody but uh making that transition to me put me in a vulnerable place where i wasn't you know it's like this is not completely familiar and and that made me more cautious
1: so Apparently, you you had a perspective on what a design leader or what a good design leader needs to be, uh, and yeah, I see you. Thinking. I'm like, I don't, I
0: don't know. Like, I, I maybe I did, maybe, um, maybe I didn't, or maybe it so, was
1: both. Well. <laughs> so, let me rephrase it in this way: What's your current uh, thinking about what a good design leader needs to be?
0: Well, I mean, uh, kind of basically, you need to understand design really well. Uh, that's that's kind of fundamental, you know, end to end, from discovery to delivery, and uh, and ideally, like have knowledge of all the different disciplines, um, so that so that you can lead and provide insightful feedback. You don't have to have depth in everything, but but it's uh, that is important because that is a key. Piece that a design leader is bringing, um, but then there's the you know that that's the design stuff. Then there's the the business acumen, which is you know how to operate an organization, how to get things done, um, what what kind of uh, you know how to how to how to uh, prioritize what's going to be most high leverage for the business itself. And then there's the, the people component that we've been talking about a lot. It's just like just the pure uh, helping people uh, grow, helping to enable them to do their best in the job, um, clearing any roadblocks that they have, uh, identifying opportunities uh, that they might not be able to see because they're at a different level of visibility. So it's, you know, it's that design core but there's the business acumen. And I think that's where, you know, for me, this was great. I had no problem here, but when we started, when I started getting into a broader business context, that's when I got a little bit like, okay, I don't, I don't know that I know everything here. And then the people stuff, I had some of that from, from this, but not at the scale. So that's, that's where I've been, okay, I need to, you know, adjust my approaches because these same things that we're doing here aren't working in the same way
1: and uh developing like uh an acumen or vocabulary uh around a specific domain in this case uh business like if if we work for a client who's in the healthcare space we're okay with not knowing the language because we know we'll learn it and here maybe as you described like maybe already feel the pressure that you need to deliver from day one and that uh people expect you to know this stuff while yeah and i think so it's interesting you use the word expectation
0: i think um i mean everyone's different i i think i had a lot of expectations of myself and and an idea of who i i was uh as a designer and and i think those those aspects of myself were, were what caused me issues you know just um you know needing to be more vulnerable needing to be more more humble and and you know rely on some of the things that I learned before that you're pointing out like yeah I mean I worked with lots of different businesses I didn't know anything about them and you you learn um, but you also have a different relationship and connection I, you know like when you when you are part of the business versus your consultant I mean at the at the end of the day you've got a different home and and i think that 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 changes your perspective um as well
1: let's take into that a little bit because um that's also a, you have the luxury to have been on both sides uh, as adaptive somebody from adaptive path being hired by Big companies to do great service design work and now you're maybe hiring uh, external agencies to work with your team what is your general um i don't know perspective on on these two fields they're um they're definitely different um
0: and it's it was interesting uh particularly i mean it's still interesting now but it was interesting particularly when I made the uh when I started leading the team in in Dallas because we were that team was already working with agencies. And um, and then there, you know, there were opportunities to to do that. Um, so I I I was suddenly on the other side of evaluating like how are how are they doing and what is their approach and would I do it that way? And um uh and that was that was an interesting thing to be on the other side of, I think, um, what I've, what I've noticed is, or I mean, what's definitely changed for me is when I, and a lot of, a lot of cases when we were working with clients, they, um, they may not have had a design team that we were working with, or maybe we were working with part of business that, that design wasn't connected to, or they weren't, um, as mature, uh, but you know what what had happened in capital one and i think in a lot of organizations now is that the the maturity of design has grown the investment of design internally has grown so the relationship is is different where um you know there's we're not as much tapping external agencies for like we don't know how to do a thing can you come in and like do that for us um it it is a lot more of like what we we need expanded capacity uh, to do something even when we have um, even if we do have lots of people like those those opportunities have changed a little bit but I think the the dialogue that that I was then able to have with the with the agencies was was really interesting because I could um, I could tell in in some cases this still happens that the you know the agencies pitching. And trying to explain what they can do or what design is, and um, where you know I and others might be ready to just be like, okay, let yeah, got that. Let's talk about the the work it, itself and um, and and work through like how we're going to approach this. Um, so that that definitely you know I didn't have as much of that kind of interaction when when we were at Adaptive Path. Um, and uh, but more and more, I think it's it's becoming a a, a dialogue um, versus a pitch.
1: Like you said, it it really depends on the maturity of your clients, and uh, you're basically augmenting your teams nowadays rather than uh, sort of uh, outsourcing the entire challenge. The, cha- right. the challenge stays. You own the challenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and the. You know that when i was at adaptive path i think i would you know draw you know diagrams of like here's the organization and we're coming in as a pinpoint and like you know, causing this change and hopefully all this stuff will happen but only having you know a limited view of that organization as much as we did learn about it um but being on the inside you know you have visibility to so many different pieces and parts that that an agency just can't have access to so um, i think you know it, it's been interesting to see how work like that happens and then the work that has to happen afterwards for that to be successful and um, i mean it shed a lot of light for me on feelings i might have had in the past of like oh we did all this great work they were really happy and then nothing happens like well, what happened? And you know, you kind of move on to the next project. And maybe you're, if you're lucky, you get to check in later and 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 find out did it work? Did they do something? They you know. Um, but uh, like my, it, it's very difficult to take unless it's unless it's like uh, more in the delivery phase. I think for strategy in particular, it's hard to in service design. It's hard to just like take that and be like, okay, we're just going to plug it in. And it's going to happen there's um, there's like a, a another translation layer that needs to happen to to really integrate it into the business, and that takes more work so like that's just another friction point that could cause agency work to not go forward
1: mm-hmm. uh, again an interesting topic because uh, a lot of um, at least i I hear a lot of stories of designers who uh, like you said maybe are disappointed that uh, they don't see uh, the work being followed through or uh, quote-unquote implemented. I'm, I'm curious what you have seen um, in your position um, with regard to the trade-offs that need to be made of actually operationalizing maybe the strategy work that has been done through design. What are some of the real difficulties that you need to go through in order to get this out into the world? That's a big question I know uh, it could be it could be anything um,
0: and uh, I mean it it could just be you know like i I've, we had some work done uh, I had I commissioned some work for just just a journey map like hey I, I need I need someone to look across all these different uh, pieces from an outside perspective and so I also want to say like agencies are still valuable i i I'm, I'm not uh i'm not uh, arguing that we we use them all the time um it is great to get the outside perspective or the extra hands and uh but you know it's like we might we might do that uh do something like that like create an artifact and something shifts in the organization that you know maybe maybe the business like reorganizes and like suddenly it's like well this this doesn't map anymore. Um, so either we have to rework it, or it's just like we can't um, we can't use it in exactly the same way that we we expected. Um, you know, and or it might be like, hey, um, another another way I, I think about some of the even even our internal design work when it's pr- particularly in more the the strategies space or the discovery space is like this work helps people make decisions uh it doesn't from an agency you might be thinking or as any designer of course you want to see your work come into fruition um a lot of design work like that i think helps people make decisions so Michael go like that's amazing great work love it um, there are things in there that just aren't going to work again for our organization. So we're all, but it's inspired what we could do. And and then that just, you know, becomes a different thing and and gets incorporated into, you know, the broader spectrum of things that are, are happening. And that's, that, that's been how I've been looking back on actually some of the work they did before capital one Um, but it's, but it's how I look at it now. It's like, look, you know, it's, uh, success as a designer, isn't always implementation. Um, it is, it's helping people in this case, the business make better decisions. So here's an option. This is what it could look like. We couldn't see that before. Great. Now that I know that I'm able to make better business decisions about what we can actually do. even if it's not like take this completely and and do it as as designed Mm
1: -hmm. this is a really interesting topic because helping um organizations make smarter decisions uh, i definitely second that and believe that um the 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 byproduct of this is that it's really hard to take ownership of success and like everybody has contributed to some extent to, to this decision. And then uh, I want to uh, reflect back on you and uh, the teams that you lead. Like, how do you give them sort of this sense of accomplishment? And because at the end of the day, you want to sort of, you want, you want to say, I, I'm being valuable. I'm contributing to the success of this organization. I'm making customers happy, but quote unquote if the only thing you're doing is informing smarter decisions uh, does that become difficult well it, it
0: shouldn't be the only thing but I'm, oh, I'm just obviously. saying yeah I'm
1: saying that 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 is you know it's it's
0: similar to uh, um, organizations that promote you know uh, shutting down projects right it's like okay you've learned enough to know like we're not going to go in that direction so that that's just an aspect I think of doing some of this work that hey, if it doesn't go forward, it's not because of the work. It, it, it could just be like that was what they needed. They needed to see that option to decide, hey, you know what? I mean, because sometimes now that we see that, we know that that's not the right thing for us to do. Um, and and that that's a possibility. But like going back to your question, I mean, I think – Ultimately, everybody wants to contribute value. And as designers, we want to make things and make change and contribute to that. So that's, that's hugely important. And that's you know, part, partly why I try to recognize and celebrate those things. Um, and, uh, and I care very much about uh, that. We are actually making uh, impact in the organization. And, and that also is something that as a design leader, um, I have to be keenly aware of, again, like balancing that, like, great, doing good design, is it going to have business impact? Is it really connected into the right people, places, systems for it to uh, go forward? And, um, and that, that's a, a big part of my job is, you know, making sure that happens um, because, yeah, I think all of my designers would say, you know, if, if there is work and there is work that sometimes, you know, we do, and then it's like, it doesn't move forward. That's not the greatest feeling. Um, even if you try to say like, Hey, that was good because we decided something else. Um, ultimately we want to make that impact. And that's, that's a huge part of my, my job. That's, you know, a, a good portion of how I'm held accountable. It's like, okay, have, have your team, not just deliver great designs or experiences or strategy, but is there an associated business impact?
1: Yeah. And is there an, an <clears throat> so the the way I'm translating this, your role is to make sure that the design teams stay on the right track or the, the mo the, the best possible track, knowing you should have the overview where the organization is heading into in the next, I don't know, three, five, 10 years and are the activities that the design teams are doing in line with helping to achieve those goals is like, does it, does that make sense? You, you, you need,
0: you need to know what, what, what the business is trying to do and what's important, uh, for the business. Uh, again, as a designer, you're, you're bringing, your job is to bring design into that context, bring in the human centeredness, uh, bring in you know the 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 tools and the things that we can do to help the business achieve its goals, which of course should also be helping the customers. And at Capital One, you know, our mission is change banking for good, and that that's something that we uh, we care a lot about. You know, balancing that customer benefit and business objective, but. You know, we're. I think designers are naturally inclined to focus on the customer, make things human centered, make things of good quality, um, and then you know we need to always be thinking about how that is going to uh, fit in with the larger business goals and objectives. Because if you do something, and and, and going back to the, you know this happens in the agency, it happens internally. If you do start a project that is not, it has no real connection uh, and it's just like well hopefully we'll do this and something will happen it's it's a high probability that it won't happen because it's not it's not attached already to something or or uh, an objective that is known and then you know you, you know bringing people along for that is also going to be super helpful in making something happen and and that kind of impact
1: I'm really curious if you look back on the last eight years being in-house, um, what what were some of the uh, quote-unquote internal battles that you uh, decided to fight and then uh, later discovered, well, these are the really important things and these are the distractions. Like I'm trying to find the right words, but sometimes as designers, we tend to get hung up over details um what have you found are the details that we get hung up with and what are the things that we sh- should really dig into and uh yeah and fight the battles
0: oh uh, you ask such large questions um <laughs> you know my my mean answer for all these things are well it depends
1: yeah sure <laughs> um,
0: i mean i think i think designers can get caught up on and so many different things and that i think part of Um, part of being a good designer is, is learning, learning that. And, and I I don't, I don't know that there's a a hard and fast rule. I mean, sometimes the corner radius of a button does matter. Sometimes it might not. Um, and you know, and so it, it really, it's, it it depends on the situation. Sure.
1: Uh, and I agree with that. But I'm I'm sure that there are some examples you are in your um, personal uh, journey where you thought, Jamin, why did I put so much effort in, like getting this decision? It in the end, it's insignificant. While this was the really important part. So without without generalizing it to the entire design community, what were some of the things that you well, feel?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... I keep going back to the the transition point of, uh, again, from, from my consulting into, into leading. Um, but one of the things that we were focusing on, um, as a business was being more human centered and, uh, and I was helping to bring in, uh, service design tools. So journey maps, vision stories, service blueprints, um, though you know those things to me were always connected to designers you know designers I mean we were like inventing these things to a degree uh so like oh that those are the the people that have to do this and you know the the, you know and and I focus a lot on like hey we need to you know our people need to be involved in the creation and they gotta like look a certain way. And, you know, af- over, over time, I realized like, well, actually, um, you know, it, if if people are getting the usefulness out of the, the artifact and they understand what's behind it and they're, you know, they are thinking about an end to end experience, that's more important. And uh, then like, whether it's in a particular template or if a, designer is directly involved in it or not um, you know that that was that was something that you know is it means the scale issue it's a business issue but but um you know i was definitely more on the designers have to do all the things uh and then over time realize like well actually no it's it's even if it's not of the the bar or quality that it, i would do it It's great that everyone has access or understanding of this and is using that to make decisions and owning it themselves.
1: Was there, um, looking back, can you identify like a tipping point that made you let go of that feeling?
0: No, I can't. I think there's so many things that were going, I mean, particularly, I mean, even at the time, Although I, I think this still happens now, like people are talking about how you have to, give, and particularly in service design, how you have to give things away. In fact, I was inspired by uh, Todd Wilkins um, spoke at the Service Experience Conference that I also was leading uh, when I was at Adaptive Path, and and he spoke about th- a very similar thing. Like you know, when he went to IBM, and and uh, you know, listening to that as well as everything else that was going in the world. Like I, I remember that being a point for me of like, hey, he's talking about giving it away. He uses an example of his kids, which he often does and that, that stuck with me. It's like, hey, if if my if my son is trying to learn how to tie his shoes and he does it wrong, like I'm like, good job. You know, like let's do it again. Um and I thought that's a great, yeah. I mean if somebody picks up a a service blueprint and tries and doesn't do it exactly the way I would do it, you know, Hey, just like, I'm glad you're trying to do that. Like keep, keep at it and find something that's useful in the spirit of this end to end experience that you're trying to support versus like, and give that to me. I got to, you know, give it to the design team. We'll, we'll do it the, the right way.
1: And, and it's uh funny and we sort of have to wrap up but uh this also reflects uh, uh i'm hearing your own journey reflected in the story because uh you have to give yourself also the permission to do it quote-unquote wrong to 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 learn this stuff and uh figure it out and and seek help and uh yeah, so I, I'm not sure if that's, that was intended, but there's definitely an, an analogy there. Yeah, you're, as well. you're
0: you're you're getting that. Like I, yeah, I'm I'm I have a high bar for myself and can be a perfectionist and have had to learn. Uh, and and I think like maybe this is a is a closing point that whatever flaws I had as a as a designer and maybe as a design leader of like a small team get multiplied when you put it in a greater scale by, by nature. And, and I think that's the real thing. Is like, you know, I probably had all these issues when I was at Adaptive Path, but they didn't have as much impact either on me or the, the team around me. And then, but now, you know, that it's more scaled, like, wow, I have to pay more attention to uh, things that, you know, are about me, like know myself more. Uh, and and how they impact my career and other people around me, uh, and that's you know that's a, a constant journey. And it actually, it's been really great personally for me to try to understand more about who I am and what I'm about, and and how to you know be more vulnerable and, and humble, and um, and you know help my team and and the business. So. Um, what's next on your journey? <laughs> I never know. Honestly, uh, I, I uh, I'm my my underlying mission is to help advance the practice of design, and I continue to look for ways to do that. Whether that's supporting the service design network, or you know, leveraging this opportunity that I have within Adapt- within Capital One to uh, do design at scale and and learn how to influence a large organization to be uh, more human centered and help it on its journey. Um, As long as I'm, you know, keep finding those opportunities if you know, that that's what I'll, I'll continue to do.
1: Final uh, question, uh, Jamin, if, what do you hope is the one thing that people remember from this conversation? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that last point that, that you,
0: you got me around to is that, you know, the, you know, as you, it's really important to know and understand yourself and how, how that impacts the work and the people around you. And, and if you are on a journey and, and aspiring to like lead more people and bigger teams, like whatever those things are, they're going to get more exposed and um, or, you know, get in the way. The great things will also help as well. So I'm you know not to dwell on that, but it's always it's always good to um, reflect on the, the lessons learned, but that, yeah, I, I think that's an important, it's a bit, it's an important point for me and my journey. And uh, if that helps somebody else, uh, then um, I'm very happy with this whole interview.
1: And uh, on that note, I think we have a title for this episode, Jamin. Uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. <laughs> uh Let's try to do another episode, not in five years, but somewhat uh, closer. So uh, once again, thanks for your time and uh, for hopping on. All right. Thank you, Mark. Awesome that you made it all the way here. I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation and got something useful out of it. My goal is to truly make the most useful, helpful, and fun service design podcast out there. And for that, I need your feedback. So if you have any suggestions on what we could do on the podcast to make it even better, please send me an email. You can do that by sending an email to mark at servicedesignshow.com. Thanks again for listening to the Service Design Show. As always, it was great having you. Keep making a positive impact. And I'll catch you very soon in a brand new episode of The Serbs Design Show. See you then.